So who will suit up for the Braves to start defending their title? We all know how hard it is to do it. Nothing's going to be handed to us. Everyone's going to be coming after us. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Jay Black with Justin Toscano coming to you from our fourth floor offices here at the AJC. We've uh, pulled Justin back from the Grapefruit League because it is time to rest up and then get ready to roll on Thursday. Yeah, it's good to be back. It's good to see you in person instead of over a computer screen. Um, Yeah, we've got a few days to opening day, and as I am back from Florida, I'm now starting the Jersey Mike's Detox from all that I (laughs) ate over spring training. So uh, we've got a few days to do that before we start moving over to uh, Press Box Food and Taco Factory and Chick-fil-A and all that good stuff at Truist Park. All right, first rule of the podcast, no free ads. So that's a (laughs) sub-sandwich detox and a chicken sandwich load up for Press Box Food. Coming up here, we'll dig into the Braves roster decisions, any possible last-minute moves. Who do the players think will be the biggest breakout candidate? We'll also take your mailbag questions. By the way... If you aren't subscribing to this show yet on Apple or Spotify, please do so and give us the rating that you think we deserve. This is the Braves Report presented by Kroger. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, even though it's been a much shorter spring training than normal and everybody's had to rush to get ready, how's it going? Right where we want to be in spring training. Guys are getting their bats, they're getting their work, and it's, it's fine. It's, it's going exactly the way we had drawn it up, really. Guys are getting you know, stretched out as far as, the, the, as far as we can take them pitching-wise, um, which it is what it is in that part of it. But the position players are getting, you know, I think we're going to look at their at-bats at the end of the day, and I think if you factor in... The, and, and the competitive, like, at-bats that we're doing on the big field, they're gonna, it's going to be comparable to normal spring training because of those. So that's a very optimistic uh, Brian Snicker. Justin, on a scale of 1 to 10, how ready do they look to you? Yeah, they look like an 8 or a 9. Um, pretty much as ready as you're going to be. But the reason I lean toward, you know, maybe an 8 is because the this last week we've seen some poor pitching performances, at least results-wise. But Brian Snicker also said that, you know, a lot of guys are, he called it dead arm, but what he meant was dealing with fatigue. And at this point, because they don't have a normal ramp up, he's not taking too much stock um, in that. But you do, you know, you're not, it's not that you're concerned, but you do wonder how they're going to look, you know, how the arms are going to look, especially after um, an extended 2021 season due to the postseason, due to the World Series. Um, but yeah, eight or a nine, give them a 10. They're, they're ready. I think these guys just, <laughs> they just want to play games that count. Yeah. <laughs> and people, us fans, we want to watch games that count. So uh, I think a lot of people, this is funny because a lot of people already think spring training is too long. And now it's, you know, we're, we're getting down to it. Uh, just, just get us to Thursday. But nobody really took the bull by the horns here in the last couple of in the last week or so in those last spots for the rotation. Yeah, I mean it was um, so it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do because they're probably going to roll out with six starters. Um, they could use an opener. There are just a ton of possibilities when you have fourteen games in the first fourteen days before you have your first off day. Um, so they've got guys like Tucker Davidson, Spencer Strider, who could do it. Um, guys that Brian Snicker confirmed, you know, today to reporters will be on the roster. Um, but most of the rotation, you know, looks 
maybe like what you expected coming into the spring. You've got Max Freed on opening day, Charlie Morton. Um, to get Ian Anderson an extra day of rest, they're going to start him on game four. Uh, so Kyle Wright will go game three, and then Huascar Yanoa um, as the fifth, you know, number five starter. And then you get to that sixth starter. But I think um, it's going to be interesting because you look at the back end and they have so many options but they don't have one that stands out. Uh, we saw today Kyle Muller head down to AAA um, and be optioned there. Uh, and so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting because he started with Kyle Wright, Yanoa, Strider, Muller, Davidson, um, heck, even Tukey uh, before he was optioned. But no one, yeah, no one's really stood above the pack per se, at least to me. Um, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. They've got a lot of options. Um but, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see what they do, especially with that back-end six-starter spot versus their back bullpen spot and kind of who they decide to put in there and then who, you know, might be most affected by the rosters unexpanding, for lack of a better term, on May 1st. Barring an unexpected roster addition from somebody outside the organization, we pretty well know the 28 men now that are going to go north at least um, at least for the first month. Let's let's start in the bullpen. And, and is Luke Jackson done for the year? Yeah, I, I think it's not confirmed yet, but it certainly doesn't look good. I personally would be, uh, based on what I've heard, would be surprised uh, to see him this year. They, uh, I actually talked to him. That you know, I you feel bad for him because I talked to him on Wednesday, and he didn't seem overly concerned. He was pretty sure it was tennis elbow, and and even went as far to show me on my own elbow where it hurt, nice. um, and and said that because it was outside of there, they didn't believe it was anything structural. And so they just gave him a couple of days off. He had actually resumed throwing, was going to throw another bullpen after that, um, and so they got an MRI eventually at the end of the week, um, and it revealed UCL damage. And, and I've heard that uh, while, while it's not at this moment, you know, while they haven't announced his treatment plan, I've heard Tommy John is, you know, a strong possibility, as is always the case when you have UCL damage. Um, so I think, you know, I think they're going to lose him and, you know, not only does that hurt the Braves, but you look at this from, uh, Luke Jackson's perspective, a guy who's going into his final year of arbitration, um, is a free agent at season's end. And this, this really can hurt him, you know, in, in that way too, especially after a good season, you know, I know he was a tad shaky, you know, the numbers wise in the postseason, but he had a great 2021 for them ERA under two over, uh, over, I think over 63 and two thirds innings, maybe something like that. And, and so um, it's a big loss, but this just underscores Alex Anthopoulos' you know, importance on uh, bullpen depth because I do think they have the depth to withstand it, especially because you never know who can step up for your back there. Um, you don't need six innings from those guys. It's not the same as a starting pitcher. He's not their closer. And all of that isn't said to diminish his value or his impact on the team because you know they need him. They obviously want to have him. But I think they're deep enough back there to withstand something like this uh, because they built so much depth. Let's say the Braves bullpen on a scale of one to ten was a nine and a half before Jackson went down. Where do you rate it now with Tyler Thornburg and Darren O'Day being your your other two right handers that get that get added on? Yeah, I, I would still give it an eight and a half, honestly, because I think Tyler Thornburg's a guy who had Tommy John himself a couple years ago and uh he you know, he's had some success before. Darren O'Day is somebody that, that Alex Anthopoulos kept telling us uh, in Zoom calls not to forget about. Um, and he's got a track record. He's performed 
Um, if those guys can give you something, I still think this group is an eight and a half. Um, and I still think it might be because you have Kenley Jansen, Will Smith, um, Tyler Matzik, AJ Minter, Colin McHugh. Um, I don't think people are talking enough about Colin McHugh, um, just because he's been so good in spring training. And I think those guys, I think this bullpen is still an eight and a half. Um, they've got righties, they've got lefties. So there's balance there. I think if you were to look around the league, there are a lot of teams who are much, much more concerned about their bullpens right now than the Braves. They should be in pretty good shape there uh, if all goes well in the rotation. Darren O'Day hasn't had an ERA above 3-8 in 10 years. But it has been health issues here the last few. But if they use the next-to-last guy, next-to-last right-hander out of your bullpen, probably doing okay. Right, yeah. And then he's a guy, I mean, you hit it the nail on the head. I mean, they shouldn't need him for high leverage situations. I think you get somebody like Darren O'Day because you have quality major league depth in that bullpen. Um, so you can give other guys days off. So you, he's not, you know, he's not going to be expected to carry the heaviest load, which will be good. Um, but I do agree. I mean, if you've got guys like that, like him and Tyler Thornburg at the back end, I think you're in really good shape because I think Darren O'Day would be, you know, pitching the seventh for a lot of, you know, some other teams you could find out there. But I think these guys are in really good shape. And plus, I never like to go with the trade deadline acquisition line of thinking. And so I'll kind of avoid that. But I think it's worth noting that Kirby Yates could return, you know, is expected to return in August. And that's a guy who, you know, has feels like he has unfinished business. I talked to him about that as much, you know, last week. And he's if you look at his numbers from 2018 and 2019 in San Diego, he was an all-star in 19, uh, could have been an all-star in 18. And so I know he hasn't been to that form since and um, has had health issues because wanted to si- he's wanted to sign with the Braves even before signing with the Blue Jays and failed his Braves physical. But he's back now. He's another one that I look at um, Euro Day point. I take that a little further with even somebody like Kirby Yates because you're looking at a guy who is – who was a closer until now. Yeah. And now he doesn't need to be a closer. Heck, he might not even need to be an eighth inning guy. Um, and I think for them, if he can be somewhat of himself, this bullpen's going to be just fine. I think um, it, because they're not going to need him at the rate that, you know, you thought he, he would be needed when he was in Toronto, per se. Sean Newcomb, is he this year's you're only a big leaguer because you're out of options guy? Yeah, and I think it's, um, you know, and, and no disrespect to him, but I, I think he's really struggled to gain his footing since the big trade. Um, and I don't know if, you know, that, that might be a little generous. I don't think he's gained his footing um, since that trade. And it's it's really a shame because he was, you know, he had everybody had high expectations yep. for him. He has it now, doesn't have any options. But when you don't have any options for the casual fan at home, you tend to get a lot more opportunities to make the team. And that's that's what it looks like here. And so, yeah, I think, um, you know, and then look, with, you know, 28 guys on the roster, they're going to need, you know, they he doesn't have to play a huge role. He doesn't have to, you know, pitch with a lead. But if I'm Kyle Muller, if I'm Tuki Toussaint, you know, guys like that, I'm, I'm probably not. Um, but I think this is – this is the way it goes, and I think that's uh, that'll be that for this year. But it, it certainly, I mean, geez, like you don't even need to do anything else but take a you know pulse of the fan base on Twitter, and people are 
you know, people are really riled up about him. But, hey, maybe he turns it around in this one shot. Uh, maybe he shows us something we haven't seen from him before. That's why this game's so special. You just never know. And so, you know, maybe his inclusion on this roster leads to something bigger, leads to him turning things around. Um, you know, we'll see. It's it's a matter of time, but he does have a lot to prove this year. Now the curious case of Spencer Strider, and Braves fans have seen your tweets. Is his arm that big? It's bigger than big. Nice. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> this is he's a guy. Um, ironically, I was watching him. Um, he was pitching last week, and I was trying to look at the scoreboard at Cool Today Park to get a reading. They didn't have any reading. It was broken for one. It, I don't. I don't <laughs> coincidence I, I don't know but no in that second inning he was still hitting triple digits was clocked at 100 uh he told me he was clocked at 101 in triple a you know down in Gwinnett last year nice. <laughs> and so yeah this his arm is something special and I think that's what gets fans so excited and, and not even that but I think I think the stuff you know has a chance to be there like he needs his off-speed stuff uh as Brian Snicker put it he needs his off-speed stuff because quote-unquote these guys, meaning Major League Baseball players, can time up a jet. Yes. And so <laughs> so um, he's going to need that, and he knows that. Look, but he's a hard worker. He's a smart guy. He's a guy who rebuilt his changeup um, last year, you know, in this offseason, rebuilt that changeup, um, and, he, you know, he throws a breaking ball. And so he knows he's got to refine that off-speed stuff and keep doing it. But in terms of the fastball, I mean, man, if you – like if you use him as an opener or if you use him, you know, in the middle of a game or he's got the stuff to be, you know, to play. And I think the only thing when I looked at him, the only thing making me hesitant to put him on the roster or predict him to be on the roster was the fact that he climbed the organizational ladder last year um, in his you know first full season of pro ball. And you just, you know, you never know if a guy needs more seasoning. I thought maybe he would need more seasoning, but you play your best guys, and that's why I like his inclusion, you know, on this roster is because you play your best guys, you play your the most talented guys, and a lot of times in baseball that doesn't happen um, because of certain things like, you know, and we just – but he, he's he got a huge arm, and it's uh, – Braves fans are going to enjoy watching him hurl it. He told you and, and the other beat writers down there that he really thought he made his big leap after getting to Double A last year. Yeah, I, that's where I got the best feedback on my off-speed pitches because the fastball wasn't as overpowering. Hitters at that level are a little more used to the velocity. So, in low and high, I was able to just throw fastballs really. And if I could throw anything off-speed close to the plate, guys were getting you know were swinging on it, even if it wasn't a great pitch metrically or. Um, you know, took it to double A, and the slider just wasn't getting the swings. So knew right away that needed to find something that paired a little bit better, tunneled longer with the slide, with the uh, fastball harder, not focus so much on the depth of the pitch, just spin it differently, change the axis, and have something that stays on plane. But does he know if he'll be a starter or a reliever? The latest I've heard, which isn't particularly late is uh, or, or recent, is that they want me to start. Okay. But you know, I, I'm I, I want to contribute in any way I possibly can. Yep. Uh, you know, my purpose in the organization is to help the Braves win big league games. And if that's pitching out of the bullpen or starting games or a long man, then that's that's what I've got to do. So, um, you know, I'm just going to go out when they give me the ball and get guys out. That's all I can control. So do we know what, yet what his role will be? No, they haven't said officially. But, I mean, if I'm looking at him, to me he profiles very well as an opener. Um, as somebody, you know, with a very live fastball, somebody who can really light it up. 
um, and, and blow it out for a few innings. Uh, I think he's got the stuff to be, you know, a starter. I think it's smart to keep him on that track. Um, to me, you know, like he doesn't seem as much of the, the long reliever type. I mean, I think he could do it, but I think he, you maximize him maybe as an opener. And maybe I'm completely wrong there, but just with the stuff and the fastball, uh, that would be my initial thought. They haven't officially said who's going to start that six game, who will be that six starter. It could just be an opener. Um, it could be Tucker Davidson. It could be Spencer Strider. You know, heck, I mean, if they're doing an opener, it could be Colin McHugh. You just never know. But um, I, I think it'll be it, – I think he's going to jump around uh, into different roles as much as they can do that without stunting his development. And that, that that has been kind of a big debate, especially now that the roster is kind of set with the addition now of 28 guys for the first month. How much is there a concern of stunting somebody's growth for a month and not putting them in AAA or letting them be with the big league club? For example, William Contreras going to make the team as a third catcher and apparently maybe a couple other things. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I. I think it's I think it's interesting because if you asked any one of these guys, they would like to be on the big league roster, yeah. um, on the opening day roster. But there is the question development, and somebody like Tuki Toussaint might get more work in AAA than Tucker Davidson may get at the major league level. Um, and that's, that's just the way it's going to go. Like I said, they'd rather be in the majors, I think anybody you asked. But it's going to be interesting to see, especially that case of William Contreras, because this is a guy who you know, started playing right field this spring. He's never appeared there in a major league game, but he started playing there, you know, this spring because they were looking for versatility from him, ways to get that bat in the lineup. But I think um, the cynic, you know, would say, what bat? You know, you look at his numbers from, you know, his major league numbers, and it's it's not there. But I think you, for me, like I personally look at, go look at his AAA numbers, and, you know, in, in 2021, an 873 OPS at, you know, at AAA. I think the bat is there, but I think it's going to take time for him to settle in. Now, to your point, is he going to get enough at bats to be comfortable at the big league level, or is he better served going to AAA? I don't know. Obviously, he would like to be at the big league level, um, as anyone would, but it's going to be interesting to see how often they can rotate him in, especially because it seems like he, you know, might only be on the roster until Ronald Acuna returns. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's not like he's going to be up here all season. Right. It's just a month. Yes, you lose, a, what, 100 of bats, maybe. Is that that big a deal? But you're also with big league coaches, and you're around big leaguers for a month. I, I, I don't see that as that big of a stunting in his growth. Now, if it was for six months, that would be different. But right. for just for a month, I mean, is it going to be that big of a difference? I mean, I don't, you know, I don't think so. I, I mean – some of these guys, baseball players are creatures of habit. They're guys who like to get their at-bats. They need to get their at-bats. Um, contrary to public, you know, some public belief, it's it's not like a video game. You just don't put them in, and, and they perform like they are. You know, they need regular at-bats. They need to be comfortable, and, and that's why, you know, especially with the shortened spring training, like guys have been trying to get find other ways to get at-bats. But to this to this degree with somebody like William Contreras, who has already been – in the big leagues, look the the Braves aren't calling up Braden Shoemaker or somebody like that. Yeah, they're 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 bringing somebody onto the roster who has already played in the big leagues, not you know significant time, but enough to have been around 
to be somewhat comfortable there. And so that, to me, isn't going to stunt somebody's development because he's already been up there. Where are the holes in this roster? Depth, for sure. I think, um, I, and I wrote this uh, on a kind of a five things we learned about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, um, that when you look at this roster, as talented as it, as it may be, the one potential concern for me is depth, um, especially because as the uh, the veteran middle infield options on minor league deals with invites to spring training went down the drain, Orlando Arcee is the one, you know, the only one left, and he's going to be the utility infielder. They've said they'll, you know, Snicker told reporters today that they're going to, you know, have Contreras take some ground balls at third base, and he's said before that Contreras, you know, could play third or second be because of his athleticism but this is you know this is a, a big, this, is, this is a big league game um and i think when you look at the holes on this roster as we speak now that doesn't mean a can't go out and you know make another move or two but as we speak now you look at orlando arcia being the lone backup infielder and then you look at the depth in the outfield i mean our guillermo and heredia and alex dickerson going to give you enough. Alex Dickerson's had a good spring at the plate, especially lately, a decent spring. The numbers won't show it, but I think he's gotten more comfortable as he's gone on. But he's somebody who has put together good offensive seasons at the big league level and poor offensive seasons. And what are you going to get from him at this stage of his career? I think, you know, if you look at the bench for the Braves, uh, maybe they've got some pop there with Contreras and, you know, Dickerson perhaps. But I think it's... um. I think depth is your your one concern. They don't, you know, if they do suffer an injury, especially in the infield, I don't know where they're going to turn. Gosselin seemed like he was almost going to be a, a lock to to make the team when he was picked up. What happened there? Yeah, I, yeah, and that that's still that's still one that surprises me. Um, that made me think that probably a lot of other people that the final utility option wasn't on the roster yet. Got it. But as we're seeing. I mean, that wasn't the case, uh, you know, with Contreras maybe, you know, looking to, they're looking for versatility out of him. But I, I was really surprised that Goslin, you know, especially because he stuck with the Angels last year, um, somebody that can, you know, give you something with the back and play multiple positions, you know, and um, on defense. You know, that one was really surprising. Um, and I think that I had him, you know, as pretty much a shoo-in, especially when Brock Holt was released, you know, because he was, I heard, you know, he was told he wouldn't make the team. And so I had Gosselin as pretty much a lock at that point. Uh, I thought it was going to happen, and that really made me think that maybe Alex had something up his sleeve. But as we're seeing now, uh, perhaps that's not the case. Granted, we should tell everybody listening that there are three days until opening day. Yep. They can still make a move. William Contreras could still theoretically not make the roster. Um, heck, somebody from AAA could get called up. And so there still could be something that happens. But that was really surprising just because, to me, the one issue with this roster is it does not have enough quality depth. This is, though, a wonderful time to celebrate. The first full week of April is the perfect time of year. We've got opening day. A huge day of college basketball coming up Monday night. That little golf tournament over in Augusta. And there's something else to celebrate. A way to get around these historically sky-high gas prices. That's why Kroger is here to help with fuel rewards. Earn one fuel point for every dollar you spend at Kroger in-store or online. And 
earn double fuel points when you purchase gift cards and during special weekends throughout the year. The more you shop at Kroger, the more fuel points you'll have, the more you'll save on gas. So head to your local Kroger store today. All right, now time to open the Braves Report mailbag for the first time, and these are real Braves questions from hopefully real Braves Report listeners. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) We'll start with uh, Rudy Gore. Who in the clubhouse has felt to be the leader, so to speak, and replaces the leadership that was lost when Freddie Freeman departed, or is it going to be kind of made up by committee? Yeah, so the Braves have said it will be made up by committee, and Tyler Matzik actually told me a couple weeks back, a good point, something I didn't think about, was when you're playing Major League Baseball, which is objectively difficult, it's even more difficult when a guy, you know, you say to a guy, hey, you know, take care of these 25 other people as well. So they're going to do it by committee. Um, They're going to do it together. But that's no fun. You ask the question to get some names, and I'll give you some names. To me, um, a couple names I've heard as as big leaders in that clubhouse now are Travis Darno and Dansby Swanson. Um, two guys who have obviously, you know, been around. Dansby Swanson's a free agent after the year. Travis Darno is entering his third, you know, season with the Braves, um, but has been on multiple teams. Has seen a lot. Has played with a lot of good players. Um, so I think when you talk about, you know, everybody's going to have respect in the clubhouse to say something, but when you talk about the guys who will really take people under their wing, take care of people, um, maybe be a little more vocal, uh, I think you're going to have Darno and Dansby Swanson leading that charge. IOS Braves has a question about Spencer Strider moving into the rotation or not. He says, if he's not put in the rotation, is there a concern of him being unable to transition back into a starter role? Is that obviously his greater value? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question because that is his greater value. Um, but I don't I don't think so. Um, and, you know, team personnel is really hesitant to get into a lot of this stuff uh, before now just because it's really not fair to players to, to kind of have all of it out there. Um, but I would say my hunch is that I don't think so. For what we talked about earlier, what Jay and I talked about earlier with um, Contreras and then and then others, is that he's not going to be doing it for that long of a stretch or a long enough stretch to stunt his development as a starter. And that's just my feeling. That's my gut on that, um, is that he wants to win big league games. You can still use him as an opener, or you can use him as a multi-inning guy out of the bullpen. You can do things with you know with his role where he perhaps still gets as close to five innings, you know, the triple-A five innings he'd throw or six innings or, or whatever it might be. I don't think it's going to be anything to stunt his development. I think they'll eventually have to make a decision, though, if he is very good out of the bullpen. I think they're going to have to make a decision. But, you know, as he said, right now they, they really see him as a starter. And he was in that – I had heard he was in that six-starter competition last week between he, you know, Davidson and Moeller. Um, obviously, Moeller is out of that now for now. But, um, yeah, I think it's going to be – I don't think he'll be – I don't think the start of the season is a long enough sample size to stunt somebody's development quite yet. But they'll make a decision on it. Next is from Adam Steele. Do you think that Soroka makes it back this year? And if he does, how effective will it be? Yeah, that's the million-dollar, you know, question. You just don't – Many millions. Oh, gosh. Uh, 2.8 to be (laughs) exact. (laughs) Um, I think – I do think he makes it back. Um, he's been working hard. He's really, you know, you can tell he's he's found something uh, mentally in terms of I was talking to him, and he says that, yeah, he told me that, hey, you know, I'm going to have something that a lot of guys don't have, which is, you know, the toughness and the determination, the motivation from going through those two injuries and, and kind of playing for something extra uh, in that regard. I think he makes it back. 
Um, but I think in terms of effectiveness, he'll be, you know, a guy out of the bullpen for them. I don't, I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think it's fair to expect him to be a frontline starter or even, you know, a consistent starting pitcher in the rotation, especially because they have so many rotation options that if he makes it back in August, I'm just not sure there's enough time for him to cement himself in the rotation. So I think he makes it back and is mildly effective, you know, out of the bullpen, but it's, it's going to take some time. So be patient with him because I think uh, it's definitely not a situation where we should judge after two, three, four, even, you know, five outings. It's, it's really going to take some time because he's had, you know, he's had a lot of time off. Mr. Too Easy, does Alex Anthopoulos go out and get another arm or do we ride with the already stacked bullpen? Oh, nice. I can answer this one and then Alex will burn me, you know, a day later or something. <laughs> I, you know, I don't see it. I think the roster is actually pretty much set for now uh, because you kind of look at uh, the market. I, I don't think – I think in terms of arms, I think what they have in-house is, is probably better than what they're going to get. Uh, the Padres just traded for Sean Manaya. The Braves aren't going to want to give up the prospect capital to, to get somebody like that. And then the Padres were also trying to trade Chris Paddock. So those are a couple – just to give you a couple starting pitching – uh, reference points there. I think everything the Braves have in-house is better than Chris pa- Paddock. I don't think it's worth trading for somebody like that. So, no, as of right now, I don't see a going out and making a move. I think they roll with this roster, especially because the bullpen is so deep, and especially because one of the reasons the bullpen is so deep is because, um, as we've talked about in the Braves report the past three weeks, you had about $60 million six starter options for them. Yes. And it, it's about time to find out what you got. You know, just roll that competition out and say, we've got three good ones. Let's figure out once and for all, amongst all these guys, who's going to take the next step. And we're going to find that out now here, in the, at least in the first couple months. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting because you don't really – we're going to get to that point, and this is so cliche, but we're going to see who the gamers are. Yeah, We're going to see who is, you know, who's going to step up. Some guys aren't ready, but some guys, you know, will be ready. Like somebody like Spencer Strider might just – go out there and completely dominate you never know serve his role and it's that stuff is so difficult to discern in spring training when guys are working on things they're playing uh you know different qualities of opponents you just never know but we're kind of getting to it um and it's going to be interesting and might we add again that uh guys like tucker davidson spencer strider we might be seeing these guys against the Dodgers in L.A. in the middle of April. Um, we're we're going to really see what this roster is made of, uh, and I think well, – I don't know if that's talked about enough because I do think the Braves are kind of in that elite tier with the Dodgers, and those two seem kind of above the rest right now. How far, that's to be debated. But this roster is really going to get a test going to San Diego for four and then L.A. for three um, yep. after the first two series here at home. I mean, you have the Reds and the Nationals should be able to take care of business there, but um, it's going to get a little tougher, and we're gonna, kind of going to see what these guys are made of, and it's it's going to be good. I think everybody wants to ter- you know get it to where the lights are turned on and, and the games matter um, because, you know, I don't know about all of you, but, well, I guess I was going to say – you don't want to watch spring training games forever, even if they are fun and relaxing in the moment. But it's difficult to sometimes, you know, it's difficult to make that joke because, um, you know, most of them aren't even on Bally anyway. So the people listening haven't even been able to watch them. Bada boom. And finally, Greg Woods. Excitement level for ice cream in Truist Press Box. Does he know something I don't know? Um, 
No, he knows that I loved the City Field ice cream press box. I'm a huge fan of the Lone Depot in Miami uh, ice cream in the press box. Um, Truist Park, um, it just needs an ice cream machine in the press box, and that I, that's we might need to dedicate a segment to that on every show from now on because I'm just it's you know it's going to be a transition from that standpoint, um, but hey. I mean, as as long as the hot dog and the nachos and the, the popcorn are still there, I think we'll we'll do. We know that nobody listening really cares about ice cream in the press box, but if people had ice cream at your work, it would make you happy. Yeah, it it does. I, I think it's just uh, there's nothing better than stepping into a ballpark at you know like 10 a.m. on a Sunday and just firing up the ice cream machine. I mean, it's like <laughs> breakfast <laughs> rules be darned. I mean, I think it's you just. Uh, yeah, hopefully my mom's not listening to this because she. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's. Um, hopefully your doctor's not listening to this. <laughs> right. Yeah, an ice cream a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Mets, let's touch on that for a minute. Um, their 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 high price one two punch ain't looking so uh, well. It's kind of actually living up to expectations at the moment. Yeah, um, and that's that's sort of the way the Mets are. And the Mets, a lot of times they trip over themselves. This time. It's even worse because they made every correct decision they could have in the offseason, and it still came back to bite him. Uh, Jacob DeGrom, you don't know what you can get from him now. He's going to be shut down for at least four weeks, which means realistically he's going to miss the first two months of the season by the time he's able. And that's the best-case scenario. Max Scherzer dealing with a hamstring tweak. You just – there's always something going on. There's a, a body somewhere or a – you know, whatever somewhere buried under City Field. I don't even know what they did, who sold their soul, but there is some curse over there right now. And, um, yeah, you thought it was going to be like Jacob deGrom versus Max Freed and, you know, like um, eventually Ian Anderson versus, you know, Carlos Carrasco. Or you, you thought it was going to be these great battles. Probably still will be, but the Mets are, um, they the season hasn't even started, but they've started. <laughs> exactly. As we wrap it up here, um, we, we have to do every season preview show. Uh, bold predictions. So let, let's go ahead and get our bold predictions in there. All right. Um, I actually don't know how bold this one is. Fans might not think this one's bold, but with the amount of pitchers in the National League, I think it's bold. I'm going to go Max Freed goes top three in Cy Young voting, um, and then Austin Riley hits 45 bombs. Um, I like those. Um, I like Austin Riley to have – you know, as good of a season as he did last year, kind of keep up that pace. Heck, let's let's give the people a breakout player, too. Um, I know I'm not going to go with one that I heard throughout the week, but I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Spencer Strider. I think he's going to be a guy for them that is very, very tough to option to triple A. I think they're going to have to make some tough decisions there uh, once they see him pitch at the big league level. Yeah, but that breakout player that you heard throughout the clubhouse this week was Kyle Wright. Here's Austin Riley. You know, for for me, you know, you know, I, I think Kyle Wright is one of those guys that you, you know you got to kind of keep your eye on because I mean his stuff is nasty. The confidence that he built last year in the postseason, the the, the, the game that he had, you know, I think that goes into um, you know hopefully the confidence this year. And, and like I said, he's a great guy. You know, he's got the stuff. And here's Wright's response. I mean, one, it's pretty cool to think that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I feel like I've put in like a lot of good work and. Um, learned a lot over the past couple of years about um, who I am as a pitcher and what I'm capable of. So, 
I feel like I kind of, you know, got some good confidence last year, not just the World Series, but even for that Triple A, uh, put some good things together, and um, I feel like I'm trying to bring in the spring training into the season. So, um, yeah, I feel like I'm in a good position to to be successful this year and help the team win. But you know, I know it's not easy to play at this level, but I feel like I'm finally in a position to where. You know, I really trust myself. and com- I got my confidence back, and um, I feel like I know what I need to do to, to be successful. How'd you get your confidence back? I think just getting back to myself, that was the main thing. Is um, Last year, kind of went back to what I did in college and early pro ball, and um, just kind of tried to stick to that and really lock it in. So, um, like I said, then obviously pitching the World Series, that obviously gives me a lot of confidence right. too. But um, I think it's really just getting back to myself. You know, the confidence comes from preparation, so I feel like I've – I've been doing a good job of getting back to where I want to be and preparing properly, so um, I think that's where, where it's coming from for sure. So there's my two bold predictions. Kyle Wright does not see the minor leagues this year. He stays with the team all season. I'm not going to say he's going to be a Cy Young winner. He stays with the team all season. And the Braves have two players that had 40 homers. Austin Riley and Maddles. Ooh, yeah. I Good picks for those, but Kyle Wright staying. I mean, I could see it. I don't think that's incredibly um, outlandish or anything at all. I mean, I think he's really in a prime position to take a step this year. I think he looks like he figured something out with his repertoire, especially using that curveball a lot more. I mean, we should see, you know, even a bigger dose of that. But uh, that that second guy you mentioned in the 40 homer club uh, that you expect to be in the 40 homer club, he uh, he hit a big one today. Yeah, he did. I think, uh, I think fans are going to like that guy, just a hunch. A little short porch in right field may not, uh, may not hurt either. <laughs> Now, we are close to the start of the season, and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has got a new subscription package just for Braves fans. Starting now, you can get unlimited digital access to the AJC for just $125 a week during the baseball season. So now, through the World Series, that's more than half off our regular price. So just $125 a week gets you all of Justin's Braves coverage, all of our columnists, all of our sports coverage, and everything this news organization has to offer. Plus, we will throw in a complimentary copy of the Braves' AJC's Worth the Weight Championship Newspaper Edition. We call this our baseball season pass, so go to subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash season pass. So, Justin, great to have you back in Atlanta. See you on opening day on Thursday. Yep, yep. We're uh, ready to fire it up, and let's see what happens when these things count. We'll have an army of uh, AJC writers and reporters there to cover every every angle of opening day. And we're also planning a Twitter spaces, our first Braves Twitter spaces of the year on opening day. So stay tuned. We'll have uh, some more details for you as that comes out. So if you have not done so, please rate, review, follow, share, and subscribe. We really do want your help uh, to help us grow this show here if you're enjoying what you're hearing. So for Justin, I'm Jay, and this is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution is taking Georgia political coverage to the next level. Now, Georgia's smartest political team is adding Hall of Fame political broadcaster Bill Nygut. I am beyond thrilled to be joining the remarkable political team at the AJC. And with the year that we have unfolding in politics, it's going to be an exciting ride. Read Bill Nygut's expert insight on AJC.com and listen to the Politically Georgia podcast with me, Greg Bluestein, And me, Patricia Murphy. And me, Tia Mitchell. Hear new episodes every weekday. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. 
I've been living here for 24 years and I am still amazed at how rich the city's black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Oh,